How does a gal from Appalachia end up on a 70-foot boat sailing from Nantucket to Martha's Vineyard? On this episode of Ashes 613, award-winning restaurateur-turned-yacht chef Renata Riley talks about life at sea, how chamber music changed her life, and being fearless over 50. Stay tuned to learn about purpose and pain, and we even talk about her new cooking show set to air on the Mosaic Network. Oh my gosh. Hi. How are you? Hi, I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing good. Let me get in the car now, here so I can set up shop and it'll be perfect. A lot Tell me okay? how to, I'm Renata, by the way. Renata. That's how I've been pronouncing it. Okay. So gold very star good, for me. Nice to meet you. Okay. It's nice to meet you. I'm Bella. It's very nice to meet you. So you look like that you have been, are you working today? Yeah, I've got a private dinner I'm doing right outside of Nashville this evening. So wow. uh, we're going to go shopping here shortly for the odds and ends of that. And then, yeah. So I was scrolling through your, you look, you look magnificent. You look beautiful. You look ready for your Saturday. Is it Saturday? No, it's Monday. Wait, it's Tuesday? It's Tuesday. I know. It feels Renata, like a Saturday. I don't know what day it is. No, no. <laughs> That's crazy. I think I said happy. I think I said happy Saturday to somebody earlier today. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Great. Goodness. Well, so I'm not. Nice I'm excited it's nice about to this. meet you. I'm excited about this. What a new, a new adventure. I'm always excited about new adventures and you seem like that you are too. I am. Uh, yeah. I'm definitely, uh, I didn't think I was a very adventurous person, but I'm finding the past year and a half of my life has been nothing but adventure. So I saw that I scrolled through your Facebook and I was blown away. Tell me, tell us about the last year and a half of your life. Oh, wow. Um, well, I, uh, I had a restaurant in Lexington, Kentucky, and it was open for a little over a year. I closed it uh, New Year's Eve of 2022. Now, what was the name of that? It was Renata's Renata's Kitchen. So I've had Lexington Diner, Renata's Bistro and Bar that was rebranded during COVID. And then I I got the third restaurant. I started on my own, uh, Renata's Kitchen. And um, I had that for about a year. And uh, I had no business opening a restaurant, but I would, I'm very stubborn in a lot of ways. And I love it. Uh, was just really searching. And uh, also, it's all I've ever known. So, and I wanted to somehow prove my worth and ability and all these things and uh, outwardly. And uh, yeah. so I had no business opening this restaurant. It was a, a fantastic location. It was a location I'd always wanted, and I signed the lease and hopped on board, and uh, I just, it was, became a steady decline of myself, uh, emotionally, mm. mentally, physically, spiritually, majorly, spiritually, and I basically, you know, went down the road where I tried really hard to just kill myself in a million different ways, mm. and just so sad. It was probably the worst time of my entire life and uh, when I finally gave up and closed on uh, New Year's Eve 2021 going into 2022 
I took another four months to try and just not living. I was broken spiritually. I was broken emotionally, mentally, in every way. Uh, addiction, uh, just extreme depression. It all came out. And um, so I took about a four, four month hiatus, uh, put in a, I'm like, what I need is a geographical change, right? I just need to leave. And so I left and I'd gotten a call back for a job as a chef in Shelter Island, which is in New York, right outside of Long Island. And they allowed me to take my dog. They let, they flew me to Shelter Island. It was Itzhak Perlman, who is a, uh, he is a world-renowned uh, ch uh, chamber musician, uh, violin. And uh, so I, I got to go to this retreat with 70 musicians that are just Juilliard and better. And, and so I listened to chamber music, you know, at night and in the morning, that's what I woke up with. And I had my dog and I started cooking again. And I uh, had the backdrop of, uh, you know, the ocean there and, and just, it was amazing. And it was the place that I started to heal. I contacted my former landlord and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to pay rent uh, on this restaurant that I've closed. And he says, well, where are you now? And I told him I'm in, I'm in Long Island. And this is how God shows up and works in someone's life. Um he says, well, I'm three hours from you and I, we had to let our chef go on this yacht and I need someone to please uh, come and cook. So I had the opportunity. I sent my uh, dog back home uh, with my partner and uh, I had the okay to get on board. So I went on this yacht. I'd never cooked on a yacht before. I didn't even know if I could still swim because I had just done nothing but be in a restaurant and cook and try to cook and use it and just the drinking and the drugging and the spiritual void and just everything was just gone from my life so I wound up getting on this yacht and I um I he says by the way when he picked me up he's like by the way tomorrow you're in a chef competition cocktail competition and uh we took first place for the cocktail competition of course and you did yeah I had never, I mean, it was just a place to kind of start coming back to life. I mean, I was literally crying all the time. I was met with, uh, I mean, it was so surreal because all the connections, there were a lot of God winks, a lot of, uh, I can't explain it really. It It's, it's, what is it? Uh, the coincidences is when God's maintaining his, uh, anonymity you know oh, and i'm like i love is, i love that i've never heard that i love that i'm like is this really happening i mean did i mess my brain up so bad that i'm imagining this but it was very spiritual it was very unreal so i took that summer which was last summer and then uh i began the process and um it's been unreal ever since. I, I, uh, I'm currently working as a private chef in Nashville. Nashville. I'm doing uh, private work on freelance on yachts. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've had the opportunity mm -hmm. to learn from some folks at a beautiful retreat outside of here, in, outside of Nashville in Franklin mm -hmm. uh, called Southall. 
and uh, it's beautiful. And then uh, I've just started working at Vanderbilt University, which is like the Harvard of the South. Oh, yes. And wow. So I'm kind of doing a lot of different things right now. But uh, I was really frightened by a lot of the coincidences and by the, you know, just the conviction. And um, yeah. it's been it's been a, one amazing journey. Well, Renata, you but had I did me. nothing but cry for years, <laughs> for about you a had, year and a year and a half. <laughs> you had me crying. I could feel the authenticity of this testimony of this experience. And it just brought me, I'm shocked that tears were just, I couldn't control them. It just brought me to tears, just feeling that pain and hurt, but feeling that healing. I can feel it just coming through the authenticity of your voice. And isn't it amazing how you know, God shows up, I think, sometimes when we least expect him to. I think everybody expects him to show up in church on Sunday mornings. But my experience is he shows up, you know, in crack houses and under bridges and in boxes. And and I heard somebody say one time, I found God on the bathroom floor at 3 a.m. after throwing up for 16 hours. And I thought, yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> me too, right? right? And, and so yeah. that's amazing to me. And Vanderbilt, oh, I wanted to go there when I graduated high school until my mother told me, well, we can't afford that. <laughs> right. You know, it's amazing to me. You, well, it's it's been a beautiful place. I've, I've only been there three, four days. And, and in Southall, too, which these chefs are that are there are third James Beard, Michelin, you know, quality chefs that are just at the top. I did. I don't have an education in in culinary uh, school. I, you know, I learned <laughs> the school of hard knocks and right. and my family from Eastern Kentucky. You know, I I grew Me up too. with lard and and biscuits and and you know, I just learned that way. So this has been, it's been an, an experience because the only thing I knew to do was you know when you took the drugs away and you took all that away, I was just left with this a very frightened little girl. And I'm like, the only thing I know to be is completely transparent. And if people laugh at me for the tears in the public, or if people are mean, then those aren't my people. That's right. And That's I'm right. just going to tell the truth as, as vulnerable as that can be. And it's horrible. It was horrible for a long time because I had to come to grips with all the damage that I had done in other people's lives and all the pain and hurt that I had caused and can still sometimes cause because I'm, I'm putting my life back together and I'm saving a great big space for this God in my life that is so big and that has been chasing me for years. And will continue so, to chase you. Absolutely. So this journey, you know, as I'm on this boat and I'm looking at these beautiful sights that I've never seen, I'm like, I remember things that happened 30 years ago that wow. made sense then. And I'm like, wow, that, you know, that was God speaking to me then. And it didn't make sense until now. So it's been just very unreal. It's just really been an unreal experience. And, you know, it's so much bigger than what I ever imagined. It's so beautiful. <laughs> I love but it. to feel I, safe for the long, I, I didn't feel safe because I'm like, I've had to protect myself for so long since I was a little girl. And I'm like, I, I couldn't make sense of it. And so once I got over the initial fear that I wasn't dying, I was actually right. living and coming back to life hurts. But it's been uh, very healing. 
it, it and it is and and i you know the being transparent and the honesty and not you know having to be transparent with yourself and i'm walking through that even right now and it's hard and it's hard to think man every time i talk i cry every experience i cry because i have uh, um, somebody recently said to me yesterday, I think they said, Bella, I think you have a million tears inside you. And I thought, well, I do, you know, and, and so sometimes that Eastern Kentucky culture, I love it. I'm from Eastern Kentucky from Lewis County. What, where are you from? I originally from, I mean, I grew up until I was 15 in Ohio and then moved to Lexington, had a little bit of what? a midlife crisis in my thirties and early forties and went to Kansas and Florida but, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm having a I'm, midlife crisis. I bought a farm in Florida and then immediately moved to Iowa. I'm in Northeast Iowa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I got you. So um, I was actually born in Portsmouth, Ohio. Oh, my God. I lived in Portsmouth. That's where I went to college uh, when I was 18. Shawnee yeah. State. Right. Shawnee State. Absolutely. Right I lived right there on 2nd Street. My first apartment was where my mom and dad actually met and conceived me. And that was my first apartment. It's crazy. <laughs> what a I know story. it's like all the serendipity of my life has just been insane. You know, it's and insane. it's funny how people it weave in and out of your life. And I mean, yeah. nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. And then when you finally right. realize that it's kind of like, okay, I can let go a little bit now. You know, it's hard to let go, isn't it? It's hard for absolutely. me to let go. And it's hard to heal. And that's what I was going to say. Up in those mountains of Kentucky and that Southern Ohio, that Appalachian region, I love it. And there's so much history and so much culture. There's so much hurt and there's so many drugs. And then it creates adults who are hurt and who have not been given the tools to deal with that hurt. I didn't yeah, have the tools exactly. on my tool belt to deal with that hurt. So what do you do? You turn to drugs, you turn to alcohol, you turn to negative self-talk, you turn to thinking this, you internalize it. This is, you know, this is something yeah. wrong with me. This is my fault. And so when you start to heal and God brings people in your life and in situations and you start to heal, then yeah, you, you have 40 years of tears that you have to catch up on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I saw something this morning and it was uh, this guy that collected artifacts and it was uh, a little Egyptian artifact that uh, it was a tear collector. And uh, he made reference, a biblical reference that, you know, God transforms each one of these tears, collects all of our tears and turns them into something beautiful. And I remember my father, when he was when he was alive, he said, Renata, the depths of your pain and loneliness will e equal the heights of your happiness. Oh, that's beautiful. hold on, hold on, just hold on. And he died when I was 21 and, and just all the, th you know, at 51, I've learned more from him at 51 than I did at 21. Yeah. And he's been gone for 30, 32 years. You know, it's been amazing. It, it's just, phew, it just makes me cry. I can tell you every but, day I'm crying. <laughs> but you remember all those things, you know, my grandfather was my father because my father was <clears throat> absent as in lots of Appalachian households. But my grandfather was a, a godly man, a praying Christian man. And that's why I come to love God. Also, that's why I come to, to know a lot of condemnation. So let, let me just be real and transparent about that. As much as I love this man, you know, it, it was a lot of condemnation for a lot of years. I felt like, well, I'm not good enough and, and I can't measure up and I'm going straight to hell. Let's just be honest. That's, that's where I'm headed. Yeah. And it took me until I was an adult for God to send good people into my life to realize that God is a loving, merciful, kind God. 
and there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. That's what the Bible says. No condemnation because I was raised. Well, it's a kind of an Appalachian culture and you know that hellfire and brimstone and condemnation and, and the guilt. And so um, it took me till I was an adult, but I love that scripture that it is. I don't know the scripture reference. I don't know things like that, but there is a scripture that says God collects your tears in a bottle. And that's absolutely beautiful. And the absolutely, reason that- absolutely. And I can, I can attest to that right now is I, because it's healing, you know, my, my, uh, my drug of choice was cocaine. And the reason being it, I, I was in the restaurant industry, so I could, work longer and harder. It was started out as a fun thing until it became a necessity <laughs> to for 16 hour days for the pain that is inevitable for the cuts and the burns. And then it's also, you know, it, it, what it really did for me was it helped me to stop. I couldn't, cr- I wouldn't cry. Mm-hmm. So it stopped me from crying and I needed that so I could get some work done. Right. Until it became, a necessity and the necessity was ugly. I'm telling you, it was so ugly because then I was, I couldn't function with or without it. Right. And And I think, sorry, lost for a moment there. Yeah. It's okay. We lost connection. I I now introduce myself and I'm like, listen, you may see me crying sometimes. I just, I, I'm a crier. And, you know, I was just, uh, I just came back from new England. I, I did a charter for a, a couple of weeks and I had the pleasure of, I was invited on a sailboat from, uh, and if you would have told me two years ago, I'd be doing any of this. Absolutely. I would have, you know, I, I thought I would be going to the dope man's house. I, I wouldn't be on a boat sailing from Nantucket to Martha's Vineyard on a New York wow. yacht club. Wow. And That's I mean, awesome. I'm just bawling. I'm just bawling, you know? And it was, uh, it's been amazing, you know, cause I've been able to get into my creativity again and it's, I'm still just settling. I mean, my nerves are still shot. I mean, I still struggle a lot of days, but not the way I did. And now I'm finding purpose where I remember about a year and a half, I sat with my mother and my mother's been so sick lately that I sat with, she's been my best friend. And I remember sitting with her and I'm like, mom, Right after I closed my restaurant, I'm like, I haven't enjoyed much of life. I haven't really seen many things. I haven't been of any use to anybody. I haven't, I don't have a legacy to leave. So I'm realizing all these things and all the trouble that I caused in my life. And then it was like, I woke up the next morning. I get this opportunity in, in uh, Shelter Island. And it, then all of life changed. And the beauty of that Shelter Island experience was I couldn't listen to mu- music. As, I'm a musician as well. I love to play music. I couldn't listen to the words because they were hurting me too much. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. I could not. I just couldn't. So here I am on this little Shelter Island and it was all instrumental music, you know, pianos and cellos and violins. And it was so for lack of a better word, it was very angelic. It was very just surreal. It was otherworldly, really. And uh, I don't know, coming back to life, it hurts, but my gosh, it's so worth it. I'm so glad I didn't give up because God knows I tried and I wanted to. Well, I think you are an inspiration to everybody that you (laughs) never know when you wake up one day, you might think, Hey, you know, this is the way life is and this is it. And the next day, 
it could be completely different. That's a 180. And so your inspiration to everybody that thinks I don't, there's no reason for me to wake up tomorrow. Tell them there is reason to wake up tomorrow. Yeah. And it's not easy. That's the thing. It's not immediately better. And, you know, there are days I've cried this morning, you know, and try to make sense of things. And it's, it's not easy, but man, I realize more and more every day how much worth it it is, how worth it, how grateful. And do you find, I have a son back to the music thing that you said, I was interested in that. My son doesn't listen to music with words in it, never would. And he's 24. So he's young. And most people are listening to rap music and pop music. And even from the time he was small, he says that he can feel he not, he's not overly spiritual. He doesn't say I can feel God in it, but he says like, when I listen to music without words and I feel what I feel instead of what somebody's telling me to feel. And I I can, yeah. And he's always been like that. And so he's actually, I've heard him make reference to God though. Like I can feel God. He said, all those hymns that people sing in church or all those songs that people sing, he said, that's people are telling me who God is and how I should feel. But when I listen to music, that's just instrumental. I can feel God in those instruments and my own emotions and my own thoughts. Absolutely. You know, I mean, that's, that was my experience on shelter Island where I was just, I was amazed because I've, I've, never really been an avid classical music listener or you know I remember it being a teenager I did love Wyndham Hill Hill and some instrumental music but nothing kind of like a new age jazz but this was just it was real classical chamber music and it was uh just powerful and I had to listen to myself you know and uh Mm -hmm. that's that small still voice within which is I think you know some people call it like the God molecule or whatever inside of you. Yeah. I mean, it's that spiritual place inside of us, and um, it's that little girl that I'm working on healing and things. And it's uh, it's it's a tremendous journey. Yeah, it's not for the weak. It's not for the <laughs> weak. Well, thing. no, right. And uh, I I used to have a friend, and he passed away, and he was so funny, and he would say, you know, life life ain't for sissies. <laughs> Living oh, ain't no. for sissies. Right. It takes a tough, a tough bird to get through all of this and, and keep going. But he doesn't listen to classical music either. He listens to um, you wouldn't uh, Irish music and Celtic music and sometimes some kind of pops, pop swing, crazy music. But it's all instrumental, but it has no words. But maybe sometimes people are thinking, hearing you say that and knowing what he says, maybe people do listen to songs with words so that they don't have to think and they don't have to feel and they just have to think about what the person is saying because yeah. that's easier. Sometimes it's easier to be told how to feel and what to think than to have to listen to your own thoughts because your thoughts are and loud. Think for yourself. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and you know, that was the purpose of, you know, I would always jack the music up so high on my way to work. And it, I mean, it was just constantly just numbing out everything. And, uh, you know, so it's, I, I would not trade for where I am now for any of that back then, you know, That's beautiful. None of it. well, let's talk it's, about, it's, I it's, saw when you're, you have a website and is there something about you having a cooking show? It's on Roku. Tell, so tell everybody real quick where that's at, where we can yeah. catch that. It's uh, it's Mosaic, which is a streaming platform that's going to be on Roku, and I'm going to start a cooking show, a weekly cooking show there that'll be streaming, and it'll be linked 
on my website. Uh, you know, I'm all about food, art, music, and people. But so the local people, wherever I am, local music and, and food. And I'm going to start first. Uh, I hope to start some content tonight, uh, private death that I'm doing. Okay. You're kind of cutting out, but I think I can understand what you're saying. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put all of Renata's information in the description below where you can contact her and her website and um, her blog. I see she's writing a blog and where you can watch that show on streaming. I will put that all in the description. Renata's having phone trouble, some connection trouble. I think we lost Renata again. We'll try to get her. Let's try to get her back. Let's try to get her back on here. Hey there. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? You're good. I just got home from work. We're together again. It's perfect. Absolutely. So how was yeah. your day? How was your uh, work day? It was a long one, but it was good. It was, yeah, it was <laughs> good. good. Yeah. Good. And you're there in uh, Nashville. What's the weather? Nashville. What's yeah. the weather like? It's uh, about 96 degrees. It's very, yeah. It was it's, here. Uh, it's crazy. I'm it's crazy. It is. It's nuts. I'm going to get a better backdrop here rather than the back of the bed there. Um, right. You know, I spent last summer in Florida and it was in the panhandle. So it was, you know, 115 degrees in the shade. And, and yeah. I just, it was sweltering. And then I came up here and, um, oh, look oh, at that. That's my fiber. Hi, Piper. Hi. How beautiful. <laughs> I have a cool. soft spot for dogs. So oh, I do. thought it would be cooler here and it has been most of the summer. And of course, I don't have an air conditioner. Most houses here don't have central air because we're I'm almost in Minnesota. So why do you don't need yeah. central air? And it was 101 degrees today. And oh my God. <laughs> why exactly and it's so much humidity they kept telling me it's so much humidity and i thought it can't be worse in florida i mean come on florida and southern alabama but it's the corn so i was reading about it and the corn here you should see the cornfields have you ever seen anything like it there's so much corn and it holds moisture well that makes sense and that's where the humidity comes from so if i just melt while i'm talking to you you'll know why there's <laughs> like a inferno in this house yeah so how old is Piper? Tell me about Piper. He, Piper is uh, about seven years old and mm -hmm. uh, she says she's a rescue and she saved my life. Absolutely. Right. That's been, I love that dog so much. She's been everything. I have three that, that I, yeah, I'd rather be around my dogs than, than some people I know. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so I, so I did a little Renata research. Oh gosh. Hmm. You've been on the Food Network. I didn't know yeah. that. I'm gonna have to, yeah. I'm gonna YouTube that. How right. fun okay, so how fun was that? Uh Food Network was great. You know, I I applied for guys grocery games. It was funny, I was on my honeymoon in Hawaii and I lost my job while I was on my honeymoon. Uh I worked for a country club that was bank owned and they sold it. So I was freaking out. I'm like, man, my my in-laws are going to think I'm a loser. So I started applying to McDonald's, to everywhere I could apply. And then I'm like, I'm going to apply for a Food Network show. And I applied, and they called me by the time I hit California from Hawaii. And I think it was, I had really tall, blonde, spiked hair then. 
a lot of tattoos and a smart mouth. And uh, the fact that I could cook was secondary. So <laughs> they had me on and uh, I, I appeared at, for the filming the same day that my uh, first restaurant opened. So I didn't get to be for the grand opening. But uh, it was an experience. You cannot buy that kind of advertising. So I was on right. Guys Grocery Games. And then about four years after that, I was on uh, Cutthroat Kitchen with Alton Brown. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, those are two really, really, uh, I was going to say good men. They're prestigious men. I don't know if they're good men. I don't know <laughs> them, but right. So I adore Alton Brown. He's funny and he's just so smart. He's great. So he is smart. Yes. He's the one that doesn't he tell you like this is this is what happens when you add the bacon soda like he will explain yeah. <laughs> I love that yeah. because yeah. I didn't eats. know any of that I've learned so much from him right because he will cook for you and show you recipes but he shows you like what happens with certain ingredients and why you should refrigerate stuff or why you should do this mm -hmm. or that or let stuff come to room temperature and it makes then it makes sense and the rest of us that aren't chefs it makes sense in my brain like oh that's why you should do that's that why. yeah he uh, he's taught me a lot you know I've, I've between his cookbooks and uh his shows I just I just love him yeah. And so you have, we were talking about, and we never got to talk about your cooking show and what channel that's going to be on because we couldn't hear, we didn't get that. Right. So I've signed on for six months at a time and it's a streaming uh, network that's going to be on Roku and it's called Mosaic TV. And the name of the show is called The Creative Table. And uh, it's going to be very Anthony Bourdainish. Uh, where I'm going to go to uh, different chef friends of mine and cook a dish, uh, do some in my home kitchen, some on the yacht, just various uh, various places where I land. And uh, hope to bring in some music and art aspects of that, just kind of like uh, what my restaurants have been. All about local food, local art, local music, local people. Perfect. I love Anthony Bourdain. Absolutely yeah. adore him. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was a devastating loss. I felt to the world as a whole, like Absolutely. when he passed, I just thought this, that's just devastating. And, um, so, but we yeah. had touched on that a little bit yesterday about how, you know, that there needs to be more suicide awareness and, uh, you know, people don't mental illness and, and struggles that you have. And what would, I want to give you a chance really quick. And, and I've asked a couple other guests this, yeah. um, what would you say to somebody who thinks nobody would notice if I wasn't here or tomorrow is not worth living? It's not worth waking up. What would you say to that person who in the off chance would watch this podcast and they're thinking, why, why am I here? Nobody would miss me. Well, you know, I've been there and uh, I'm surprised that I really got through. Uh, you know, the past year has been, you know, very, very good actually, but uh, for about three years there prior during COVID, I, you know, I struggled, I've struggled with suicidal ideation a lot of my life. Uh, and, and I think that comes into play when, you know, all work and, and not taking care of yourself or, uh, you're give all of yourself, but don't save anything for yourself. You know, there's no, maybe a spiritual connection. There's no fa familial connection or something. Uh, hold on because I'm so glad that I did. It's uh, always darkest before the dawn. And I believe that is so true. Um, 
And I believe the opposite of, you know, I, I think suicide is, you know, it's prevalent, of course, in uh, people that struggle with addiction and mental illness and uh, you reach out. The opposite of those things is connection. So you got to get connected. So unless you plug in to other people and just transparency, I think we're our world, uh, certainly the younger people in this world is they're really transparent and they're teaching us older folks to be more transparent and be more vocal about what's going on in your life. You know, I love it. it you know, my last restaurant, I remember asking a girl, she was 21 years old and I needed somebody to work a Saturday night. And I'm like, you know, I really need you to work. You know, it's going to be great money. And she says, mm, I need a mental health day. I, uh, I really do. That, that means more to me than money. And I thought I had to, I paused for a moment and I'm like, man, you just taught me something. Had I done that at your age, I I would have fared a lot better, you know? So right. what I would say then is take the time to take care of yourself. Right. You know, and, and hold on. Hold on. That's, just I had wondered, on. you know, the thought had came to me once. I wonder if we could see all the people that had taken their own life because they were hopeless and they couldn't see that things would change. I wondered if we could see them in a different world and we could see their life, had they held on, how many of those people would have the next week gotten raises at their job? How many of those people the next week would have gotten a callback for a TV show they auditioned for? How many of those people the very next week, lottery numbers, they had played the same number for every week for 10 years, their number would have came up. I wondered in an alternate universe, if they hadn't, if they had just hung on, how many of those people's lives within one year would have completely changed? And if they could step back and see that that change was coming, then maybe they would see, hey, there is hope, you know. And so I thought, wow, if we could just think about that, just hang on, because you just I like what you said yesterday, the depths of your pain. Say that again. Yeah. That the your depth dad told of your you. pain. Yeah. The depths of your pain and, and worry and problems can be the heights of your happiness. Uh, you know, the, the mind has the, the beautiful, I mean, it has the ability to make us extremely sick, our, our mind and our thinking does. And it also then, therefore, it has to have the capacity to also make us very well and very, you know, it, to prosper and, and to be okay. So uh, it's a yin and yang thing, you know, I mean, uh, I held on and I mean, I'm telling you what, I have fallen so many, fallen down so many times publicly behind closed doors I've really you know I've been fearless in just going after what I've wanted and I have failed so many times uh failed marriages failed businesses failed with my family felt just so many things fell out of college a time or two you know but <laughs> I uh it you know it, one thing is constant and that's change and uh, the tide, everything ebbs and flows. It will turn. The tide will turn. Will. And uh, I'm so grateful that I held on because, you know, life is just, I mean, I see glimmers all the time of just how beautiful it is and is getting more so. And I'm getting more and more engaged in, in the world. And I've noticed even today, I thought so many times, wow, I'm talking to more people. I'm more confident, you know, and you would have thought I was the most confident thing in the world. You know, I was a great actor because 
I had some, it, on the outside, I looked extremely successful. I had these beautiful restaurants. It seemed like I had a million friends. I've been on television. I mean, I've been published, all these different things. And, you know, the, you know, the house, the car, the, the partner, the dogs, all of it, the picket fence. And it was not any of that. You know, I put on a great facade. Um, but I can say now that, uh, you know, I'm building a great relationship with myself and, uh, my spirituality, my spiritual life is growing Mm -hmm. and that those two things alone, it's just beautiful. And I'm finding myself becoming, you know, as our fears, as, as our faith grows, our fears lessen. Right. So if, you know, and I think that's, that's just been the key. That's, that's what's worked for me. Right. It's been a beautiful journey. It's been painful. My God, has it been painful? I mean, I cried half the day yesterday and it's just, you know, anything coming back to life, it hurts. It does. And you have to process that. And I think you have to let them out and, and you, or, I mean, there's only two, two ways to go in or out. And when they're in, they will make you sick. Those tears literally will make you sick. You know, when you hold them, you have to let them out. But I am learning too more about, uh, of course, faith and, and not faith like um, that they teach in church or, or Sunday school. And that's, that's completely awesome. And I love that. And that was my foundation, but, but learning about energy and Mm -hmm. how, what you put forth and what wavelength you're on as far as positive Mm -hmm. wavelengths and positive thoughts and positive energy and keep that flowing and jumping you know, those, those wavelengths going, I'm going to ride on a cup. I need to ride on a completely different wavelength now. And that's so hard if you've been riding on a negative wavelength, like your entire life. And that's what your parents have done. And that's what your grandparents have done. And, but, you know, if you put forth whatever you give, the universe will give back to you. Absolutely. And so, you know, that's true of good things and bad things. And I think that people assume it's true of good things like, oh, well, if I put forth, you know, good and they hear that and churches want to teach you that, well, if you'll put forth this, you'll get it back and you reap what you sow. And it took me until I was just recently to learn that's also true of bad things. If you constantly put forth negativity, negative thoughts, negative words, negative emotions, then that's what you get back. And then you get in this vicious cycle where if you're receiving negative, then of course, then you want to turn around and re-put negative out. And at some point you have to make a conscious decision. I like what you said to strengthen and develop a relationship within yourself, with yourself. And you have to think, I am going to choose different words. I'm going to choose different thoughts. I'm going to choose me. I'm going to choose a different energy. I'm going to take time. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to read the word of God. I'm going to find somebody who is older than me or wiser than me. And I'm going to listen to this person who obviously knows what they're doing and they they've made it. They have this great energy and it's not about having the great life because as far as material things, because like you said, you had it. Yeah. But it's about finding somebody who you can tell has this inner peace and this beauty about their spirit and thinking, I'm going to look what I'm going to see what that person (laughs) is doing because it doesn't matter if you have a million dollars, if you're miserable, I always use Kurt Cobain as a, as an example, I say, well, if money could make you happy, we would still have Kurt Cobain. 
yeah. right? I mean, look at, and well, Anthony Bourdain, Robin and Williams. Anthony. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And right. uh, the little dancer, the guy that was on Ellen, I mean, he took his life. He had a beautiful wife and children and you had the, oh. just the world on his string. But, you know, the thing was, I'd say that he, you know, working so much that you don't take mental health days. You don't mental take health. time for your mental health and you don't take time just for, you know, you have to grow that that spiritual side and uh i mean i have to be willing to leave any frequency or any energy that just does not suit me anymore and i thought that after a phone call today i had with a friend of mine and i'm like oh my gosh you know i i i have to be very careful i can't be around this person because there's a potential that i could screw my life up again and so i have to be willing to put anybody out of my life that isn't on the same path as me you know that another thing i keep talking about my father but he died in 92 but some of his words that he told me are are so they're so much more poignant now and he told me he says renata uh like water seeks its level so if you if you are you know if you want to get higher in life you need to hang around those people and and they'll bring you up to meet them you know, and, uh, and that's what I've started doing. You know, I mean, I have a heart for, for everyone, but who I choose to spend my time around and it's very, it's a very few people now. Uh, I'm very cautious about who I let in my circle and, uh, it's, it's been a journey. I tell you, you know, and the funny thing is, these are things that my folks are friends have told me my whole life, you know, pastors, friends, whatever, you know, (laughs) But in, you never change until you're in enough pain. And you uh, have to so, decide for yourself, right? Nobody could do it for me. Nobody could. Mm-hmm. And it, I broke a million hearts before I got to this point. And, uh, you know, I, I make a conscious decision now that, uh, you know, I'm not going to break any more hearts I'm in or it, break my word and, you know, just dig in. You know, and right. it's, it's and it, beautiful. It's beautiful. Once I got over that hill and I mean, there's always going to be hills and valleys, ebbs and flows, but shoo, man, it's called, uh, uh, some people call it like the dark night of the soul because you're, yeah. you're, you're learning about that, those shadow, your shadow self that are those pieces and parts that you avoid that you don't really like, you know, deep down, you know, oh man, I might've lied, you know, well, you've right. got to <laughs> You got to come to grips with that and and do some shadow work. And that's what I've been working on. I like that. The shadow work. Well, I heard somebody say, I heard it said one time, everybody has three lives. You have your public life, you have Mm -hmm. your private life, and then it's a personal, a public self, a personal self. And then there's a secret self. See, it's that third one that nobody Mm -hmm. knows, not our parents, not our spouses, not our children. That's the one. And, and we are so ashamed of and so hidden and so closed off and no, but we know it. And that's the one it's so uncomfortable. That's the uncomfortable one, but that's the one you have to dig in and fix because it's not the public self. It's not even the private self, that private Mm. behind closed doors. People know that your family knows that you yell and go out the deep end Mm. and throw frying pans. We all do it. You know, we don't talk about it publicly, but everybody has meltdowns. But those are not the two. It's that third secret self that's sneaky. Yeah. And that that's the one that's destroying uh, people and, and just about took me down and took you down. And you have to get in there. And I I don't like her. I didn't mm-hmm. like her. She was not a good person. And I knew that 
and instead of fixing her, I just kept her tucked away. And I thought, well, nobody knows her, but mm. me. Yeah. And I don't like her. And some days I still don't like her, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I have, you have to make a conscious decision um, every day. Yeah. To get up and try, like you said today, oh, you know, you had that phone call. Oh, maybe I can't be around this person. So that's a, it's like an ongoing decision that I think you have to make that I'm going to choose me. And I think you're right. We're learning that from people younger than us. I've seen that on social media. I woke up this morning. I'm going to choose me. Yeah. I, I, that's amazing. And I'm, so I'm learning that too, but let's jump to this. Tell us some stories of the sea. You were on the sea on that yacht. How long? Uh, I've been on it off and on, uh, for about 14 months. So um, tell me, tell us, tell me a seaworthy tale. Tell me something that happened that was funny or scary, or I want to hear well, tell you what you have to, you have to take a, uh, it's called an STCW. You have to take a, a five day course where you, uh, you're in a burning building and you have to put out this little room and save this little mannequin. You have to do water safety and all this stuff. So for five days, and here I am, you know, with all these 20-somethings, and I'm 52, 51 at the time. And, you know, I got a little bit of weight on me. I'm certainly not the 21-year-old size two by no means. And I'm like, I'm going to go in and crush this, you know, and uh, just that's that fearless part of me. But it was amazing because I'm like, man, that gave me so much confidence that I got this license. and And then I'm like, yeah, I did this. So, uh, some of the stories I can tell you, <laughs> well, if, if you've ever seen below deck on, on, uh, on mm -hmm. Peacock, I mean, it, there's, it's a lot like that. It really is. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, uh, had I done this in my twenties, I would, it, I would have been a career yachty. Absolutely. It's a lot of fun. It's beautiful. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I can tell you one of the stories, one of my favorite would be probably, um, I got hazed quite a bit when I first started, when I first started, you know, I went in and my captain's like, you need to go and meet some of the other people that at a crew party and, you know, talk to them and see what the life is like. So I went in and they're, they're like, oh yeah, you're that chef from, from, uh, Kentucky. I'm like, yeah, well, you got to take this class and, you know, you got to put on a wetsuit underwater and hold your breath. And I'm thinking, my gosh, I, I don't even know if I can still swim. How do you put on a wetsuit <laughs> underwater? And I mean, so they just, hey, I mean, it was like hazing me. Uh, of course, no, I didn't have to do any of that. But and I saw those that group of yachties later and really let them have it. It was just a joke, but it was right. fun. Uh, beyond that, I got to uh, I had the pleasure of uh, riding with uh, charter guests. They invited me to ride uh, sail with them on their sailing yacht. Um. Uh, and it was like a, I think it was a 70 foot uh, sailboat uh, for the New York Yacht Club regatta. And it was a sailboat race. And we sailed from Nantucket to Martha's Vineyard. And uh, it was amazing. I mean, that it was just is unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. And, and yeah. just because you have to go from side to side and you have to hang off the They call it hiking out. and You hang off the side of a yacht off the side of the boat when you're turning, I mean, it's just amazing and they're attacking as they call it. Uh, learning all the lingo has been just, it's been amazing, you know, uh, just fishing some of the places you see it's, it's been the most beautiful way to heal. I could not have ever imagined two years ago that I would have done any of this or had the opportunity and what a I blessing. Think, I don't take it for granted. Yes. You know? a, a little girl from Eastern Kentucky, 
on a sailboat going from Nantucket to Martha's Vineyard? Yeah, absolutely. I, wow, yeah. Yes. And the funny thing was, you know, That's I'm surrounded amazing. by these people. They're they're considered, you know, you you're in the basically the one percent if you own one of these yachts. I mean, you yes. are definitely a millionaire, right. if not far far more. And I have to say for me, you know, uh, I have been treated with nothing but respect and mm -hmm. have been treated very well by guests, by my captain, by people in the ind industry. It's, uh, it, it's just beautiful. It really is. It's a beautiful industry for me. It has been now, mm -hmm. every, every industry has its horror stories, but for me, right. it's been just such a pleasure. And the funny thing was this past, uh, Newport Yacht Show, a charter broker show, uh, they gave me an honorary award uh, for the spirit of yachting. And uh, all these vessels were there. And, and I just, I've been fearless about going in. And I'd never worked with the razor clam. I didn't know what a halibut cheek was. I didn't know what some of these things were, you know. Right, me either. So I got to work, work with them. And, and uh, I've just, it's been amazing you know it's amazing if you can just say hey i don't know what that is can you teach me or you know just That's being perfect. transparent is mm -hmm. can get you a whole lot further than acting as if i have learned that just now learning that as i <laughs> yeah past 40 learned that you know instead of pretending like i am somebody who i'm not how about i just say hey i i don't know what what is that or i don't you know i don't know and I'll tell you a funny story about that. And we all did it. You know, there's a, um, some people call me the space cowboy. Some call mm -hmm. me the gangster of love. Some yes. people call me Maurice because I speak of the pompous of love. You know, that's the Joker by Steve Miller. Yeah. Nobody knows what pompous means. We are all afraid to admit that we don't know what pompous means. So we just sang it and moved on with our friends and bars and pretended like we know what that means. We're, right. we're not dumb. We're not dumb. We know, and come to find out, do you know the story about that word Steve Miller made it up or whoever wrote that song because he couldn't find a word to fit there. Pompiches is a made up word. So nobody knows what it means. It doesn't mean anything. That's great. <laughs> everybody was too, everybody's been too embarrassed for how many years now to just stand up and say, what, what is pompiches of love? <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? What does that I love mean? that word. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So it has taken on a life of its own, but you know, I've, I have learned too, to just say, Hey, I don't, I don't know how to do that. Can you show me? Or I don't, I'm not familiar with that concept. Can you share that with me again? Um, and that's just been my, it's been liberating. That's been yeah, a liberating absolutely. experience for me. Yeah. yeah <laughs> just you know, I don't know. Getting over, getting over the fact, you know, I wish I would have taken the time in looking, you know, my last restaurant, I think was definitely the most beautiful one. It, and it was just my heart and soul. When you walked in, it was like you were walking into a hug and uh, you know, all the live music, I had live music three nights a week. I had all the local artists on the, on the uh, walls and it was the place to be, you know, we won best new restaurant in Lexington, best fine oh. dining. And where was, was that Renata at in Lexington? Where was it? At? Uh, it was on the corner of Woodland and uh, I believe East High. It's where uh, okay. the former Ramsey's was right downtown Lexington, oh, right on campus. And so it was an old house and just great big yeah. old. I mean, it's a mahogany bar, 13 seats. It was gorgeous. Uh, I wish mm -hmm. I would have taken the time to just, you know, I was afraid to say just how scared I was and lost. And I just wish I would have taken the time to 
be more transparent about that rather than just yeah. whistling in the dark like I knew what I was doing, you know. <laughs> and uh, but uh, hindsight twenty twenty, which what <laughs> COVID has definitely given me plenty of that uh, is that hindsight. Uh, I won't ever be that person again. That's right. And that's all you can hope for is to wake up and say, you know, I'm not going to be better than anybody today, except better than my yesterday self. That's right. Let me be better than I was last year. And Mm -hmm. so you had said at one point, you're doing all this cooking and fine dining. And I I know that you're an amazing chef, but you said, you know, I didn't go to culinary school. I learned to cook with lard. Do you still, do you still cook with lard? I don't actually a whole lot of unsalted butter. Uh Crisco, that's every now and then when I'm making good biscuits. But uh, I was gonna ask you, so do you still make biscuits? Absolutely. 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 <laughs> I mean, you can't get that out of a Kentucky woman. You just it's uh-uh. biscuits. Yeah. I mean, so, today I had to make a vegan uh vegan uh stuffed peppers with you know, with collard greens. So I'm like, okay, we're going to, we're going to take this a whole different route. And I just did like a Creole collard green stuff, uh, pepper. And it was amazing. It was really good. Just, uh, you know, experimenting and having fun. Okay. So give us one cooking tip and I won't keep you. Give us a cooking tip that everybody should know. Just a normal cooking tip for like people like me who I can get lost in the kitchen going from the stove to the silverware drawer. And all that's going on. Read the whole recipe. Do your mise en place. Make make sure you have everything because it all begins and ends with prep. Truly. Okay. Okay. Just be be just that basically and if and make, if some if you feel like something's missing when you taste it nine times out of ten it's just a little bit of salt because it brings a flavor out yes it is a little bit of salt simple. or in my in my for me a lot of salt i'm a salt girl okay mm-hmm. so maybe you'll uh maybe you'll send me your biscuit recipe and i'll post that in the description you got it People don't know how to make biscuits. All right. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Renata. Thank Thank you you. so, so much for coming back. I appreciate uh, you so much. Let's stay stay in touch. Yes, please. I have just enjoyed these last two days with you so much. Okay. And I'm sure, you know what? We're probably related. And that's, that's just a fact. And that's okay. I think it's everybody great. Everybody in I, Kentucky, totally once, you, once you start going, hey, well, do you know, you say, well, this is my name. And people start going, well, do you know so-and-so? Well, do you know so-and-so? Well, do you know so-and-so? <laughs> and then they're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, and then you find out, well, this person's my fifth cousin. And that's right. just normal. <laughs> as long as it's you don't marry him, you're yeah. good with him. <laughs> my mother said one time she was dating a man, found out he was her fourth cousin, and uh, okay. she broke up with him. And I said, but that's totally legal. Fourth cousin's legal. She went, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's a Kentucky it, story. It has been a pleasure. Thank you yeah, so much. You too. Okay, on. have a great evening. All right, All right bye. Too.